Well, I want to welcome you on Father's Day and just share with you that um, we have been in a series called uh, Imagine. And we've been at, kind of been saying, imagine a church that does whatever it takes. Uh, a church that does whatever it takes to serve Metro in the name of Christ. This is cutting out on me, isn't it? I might just pull this just so we... And, and, and so I thought... You know, we're going to imagine this, and then, um, as many of you know, Monday, uh, we move from just imagining to the reality of really doing that, um, as we had this tragic accident right in front of our church. And, and I am so proud of so many of our church family, many who prayed, um, who were coming around with meals, and we actually had the service here yesterday for the Singleton family and had many neighbors there, and there may even be some here today. Um, Jesus had asked a question um, quite often, because he's an itinerant uh, minister from town to town, and people would ask him, what's the greatest commandment? And he would say, love God and love others as yourself. And God gave us an opportunity to just do that, because we want to be that kind of neighbor, not just in our community, but throughout this message. Metro West, that's what, kind of what we're asking God to help us become. And, and it's really interesting that when that occurred on Monday, I had quite some time ago asked um, Gordy Engel if he'd come and share about his experience on Father's Day where he had lost his um, daughter and son-in-law and, and three grandchildren. And you know, that's only kind of God. He, he doesn't cause things, but he, he allows for us to use certain things to bring us into a greater understanding of his love and, and, and graciousness. And so um, I am just so grateful that Gordy is here, and we welcome you to come and to share. And uh, Gordy is, is known in a number of ways in our community, and his wife Nancy and family are here. So Nancy, you can kind of you either stand or raise your hand. There you go. And then the family's kind of gathered around there. And um, what I, what I want to do is, is, some of you know Gordy. Many, I saw Gordy out there shaking hands with a lot of people because he knows them from all kinds of things. Coaching um, at Wyzetta High School of Football. He's been involved in the interfaith outreach and ministry there and prayer breakfast, as well as the Foursome Clothing Shop. Where? On sale? No, I'm just kidding. Next, next week I'm going in to hope for the sale on socks, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, okay, we maybe worked that one out. Yeah. <laughs> but recently, as of last July, um, your family was in the spotlight in the sense of what had happened in this tragedy of a semi-trailer in Nebraska as your kids were coming to that construction zone and it was just completely um, engulfed in its momentum and in, in flames and lost their lives tragically immediately. And so we're going to take some time. We're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about a few other things as well. But Gordy, why don't you lead us in a word of prayer? Would you be willing to do that? Lord God, Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for this time. And I thank you for this gracious church that invited us here to be here. And I pray that my words and the words that are spoken here um, are through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that each person here uh, is here for a reason. And I pray that each person here will leave inspired in a new way to love the ones in their lives and to reach out with the love of Jesus to those that, are, that come in their path. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Well, I'm going I'm to sit down. You can do that, or you can stand. You can do whatever you want. But um, I just wanted to begin by saying we all have influences in our life, and we have good and bad things happen, but we also have some really great influences in, in, in its Father's Day. So maybe you could share with us a little bit about the influence of your dad in your life. You know, I had an amazing dad. And uh, in 1955, we moved to Minneapolis from Waterloo, Iowa. And my dad had the courage uh, to to take a new a new take his family to a to a new place and a new life. My dad was a, a war veteran from World War II uh, in the, from the Navy. Um, he uh, had a high school education. He never went to college. He was an entrepreneur. He was a hard worker. Um, the legacy of my dad, um, I think, are in three things. One, relationships. He loved relationships with people. I know many people here knew my dad. He also, the, the second thing was, um, is in generosity. We keep hearing stories, even now, he's died, he died about 10 years ago, about uh, my dad and how he helped him with their first suit and how when the kids didn't have shoes for school, he would uh, help them out. And he was a silent a servant in, in what he did. And the last thing is humility. Uh, that's a key point. He, my dad never thought he was better than anyone else. And uh, he didn't just talk about character. For me, he modeled character in my life. You know, we all, as, as a father, I know I didn't give things to my kids that I looked at, at times and go, I wish I did. Um, you as a dad, probably the same thing. Uh, and as you think of your dad, as you're talking to dads, are there some things you would kind of encourage them to say, here are some things you really pay attention to? Well, first of all, I, you notice I didn't mention that I grew up in a Christian home. We, we, did, we were not, our family didn't know Christ at that time. Uh, one of the real powerful things in my life was when we were going through the process of moving the foursome from Wyzetta to Plymouth, we had brought people together to pray together from, that worked at the store, and my dad started coming. And at the age of probably 75, um, I had never heard my dad pray. And as far as I'm concerned, that was way bigger than anything about moving a store or anything that happened with that. Um, as growing up, my dad uh, was really busy in the business. And he really didn't have time to be interested in a lot of things I was interested in. And from my perspective, um, I didn't seem like my dad was very proud of me. Um, because I wasn't an outstanding athlete at that time. And so I... I basically, uh, th- those are the things that I would encourage dads, is don't, don't give your kids what's left over. Give them what is first. The second thing is be in the moment with your, when you're with your kids. Don't be someplace else. And the third thing is let them know how proud you are of them. My dad would tell other people how proud he was of me. They would tell me that he was proud of me, but, you know, <laughs> I, what, what I'm trying to do nowadays with my kids is tell them how proud I am of them. So that's, it's kind of nice to hear it firsthand, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, it really is. You no, know, I, it w- wasn't like I was craving it, but I'm going, what, what's going on yeah, with this? You exactly. Know, this, kinda, none yeah. of this triangulation stuff. Anyway, um, you know, I, I, I woke up this morning and I got a text from someone. And uh, I have two beautiful daughters. Um, I, I didn't have a son. And at one point in my life, I said, God, 
you know, there's going to be a lot of guys that I can have an influence on, so I pray that I can have that. And I, I had a, a position that I held down in Florida for a while where I was uh, executive director of a station, a music radio station in a school. And I got this email from a guy I haven't heard from for a while, and he just said, I just want to wish you a happy Father's Day. You don't know your influence um, on my life. But, and I thought, wow, we're not just dads to our kids. We have the opportunity to be dads to others. I know them when you were at Gustavus, the star football player, right? And, uh, and you had an influence on your life. You want to share a little bit about that? First of all, that's an incredible compliment being a star. <laughs> Anybody who knows anything about football, tackles are not ever looked at as being star football players. But when I went to Gustavus, I was a walk-on. I was 6'1", 190. When I graduated, I was 6'4", 250. So... So he was, um, he was a star football player. Well, no, well, and it, but uh, uh, we, they changed coaches between my freshman and sophomore year, and a guy named Jocko Nelson came. And in my life, I had not been a successful football player. I loved to play. Jocko saw something in me that other people didn't. He saw it in a lot of other guys. We were two-time MIAC champions through Jocko's direction. And uh, next to Jesus Christ... And my dad, Jocko Nelson, had the greatest influence on my life. And I, just, I, I wanted to bring that up because I'd heard that. Because I wanted to say, you know, this isn't just a Father's Day. This is also a kind of man to, to, to other people mentoring opportunity at work. Where you work, where you socialize, you have some of those opportunities here in the church and other places. I, I did also want to mention, because it was around football, there was a, a, a football coach who was a pastor here who had a real influence in your life. Well, I, I credit David Stavros for leading me to Christ in my life. Um, I had not, uh, I was clueless as to what a relationship with Jesus was about. And there was a group of coaches that got together for a Bible study, and they switched days. And I was able to start going to the Bible study, and David Stavros was, was, was the leader. And David was very welcoming and actually a little persuasive, if you know David Stavros. <laughs> a little bit, little bit in your face. A little bit in my face. <laughs> and what I tell people is when I walked in, I said, if I ever have to pray out loud or read the Bible, I'm out of here. And within a year, through God's grace, I was leading a Bible study. So... Yeah, I, I, I thought that was kind of an interesting tie as a church community. Some of you, we talk about looking at the past and see what God has done. He's done incredible things, and he used uh, someone in our church, even in your life, which is really cool. Um, you were led into your family business. Why? Tell me a little bit about that. Well, I graduated from Gustavus with a business degree, and I was looking at job opportunities, and my dad, um, he kind of, uh, he said, why don't, you, why don't you take a look at the foursome? start upstairs and work with your mom, work in the books area. We need some help there. And, um, you know, I'm still there. And the, uh, the, the thing that what was the difference was that, that my dad gave me um, a lot of leeway in, in what I was able to do, and I could feel the trust that he had. And, frankly, I used it as kind of a thing with my, my daughters and my son that worked for us that, he, it, was, it worked for him, so I'm seeing if it worked for me. And I'm, I'm proud to say that I now have three, four of my daughters working with us, and 
uh, my son and his wife. It sounds like a lot of nepotism, in case you want to sound like it. But <laughs> it's but, a family business. But, but, but frankly, it is yeah. a family business, yeah. no. and they're, they're gifted separately. And it's it's a very it's a very fun thing. So that's how my that's really cool. Yeah, and, and you've moved recently from Wyzetta, not well, a number of years now, over towards the Plymouth Man area. Right. Um, so, you know, um, I kind of want to transition a little bit then about last July. Uh, you, you've had difficult times, obviously, we all do in our lives, but. I mean, as parents, nothing seems to be as tragic and difficult as losing um, your kids and grandkids. And uh, Catherine and uh, Jameson were 29, and they had um, little Ezra, who was three, and I think Violet was just almost to 23 months, and, and then Calvin, who I've read some of the blogs and stuff, was kind of a, a spitfire. Um, nine weeks old. Yeah, nine weeks old. So, um, how, how have you handled that? What, what, how did you handle the news when you heard it? What, what happened? What, what was going on? Well, I think like a lot of people, we, we see tragedy every day. And I think a lot of times we kind of put ourselves in that spot is how, how can people do this and how, what would I do? And I don't know if it's conscious or subconscious, but all of a sudden on July 31st, 2016, our outside look at tragedy became reality in our lives. And uh, I was in Chicago on a business trip, and Nancy was was home working at the garage sale at our church, as a matter of fact, and uh, we got a call. Nathan, my son-in-law, called, and Michael and I were just getting ready to go to bed, and all I could hear was all of them. Michael said, all of them. And all of a sudden, and I can't tell you, getting off that phone, I sat on the side of my bed, and I just shook. I just shook. I called Nancy, and I was able to catch up with her. And what, what happened, and again, what, what, what happened to us isn't something that we say, this is the way you would do it. We're just telling you the way that God worked it in our life. We were immediately drawn to our God at a, at a time when a lot of people wouldn't think that would be the normal thing to do, that you'd be angry with God and you would be mad at God. We, we were drawn to God. As we prayed together, you know, we, we said, you know, it, it, it's about surrendering to God. We, we can't handle this, this on our own. Those, those foundational things that have, have worked in our lives were, were drawn into play. And, and so we, 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 went, we went to God in, in a, an amazing way. And uh, a verse, I'm going to read a couple of verses here. That The other thing was that we were drawn through the Holy Spirit to God's Word as the strength where we, where we could find it. Um, let's see if I can figure out where I am here. This is... A, I don't do this for a living, in case you want to know. So, um, it's also hard holding it. Yeah, paper. right, right. And uh, we got it. So, so the, the, the verse that, that Nancy said, you know, um, John eleven twenty five and 26. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. And he says, this is Jesus speaking, because he was speaking to to uh, Lazarus' wife, but uh, do you believe this? 
And that's, that's a question for eternity for all of us. The other verse that was solid for us was Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. We started to feel an amazing lift. I look at these as two miracles that happened, getting to, getting to God's Word and getting in prayer. You can't believe how many people that you cross in your lifetime that all of a sudden are praying for you, and you can feel those prayers as we're walking through this. There's amazing chaos all at once. You get off, I got off the plane from Chicago at 6 o'clock in the morning. I got a five o'clock, 4 o'clock flight, 5 o'clock flight out. From the time I walked in the house, there was people all over. And it was, it was a time of love. People were caring. How can we help you? And a community came to our side with arms wide open. It, quickly after the, the reality sunk in, it was, um, we're not talking about tragedy here. We're, we're, we're talking about victory. Victory in Christ Jesus. And the word urgency came into our vocabulary as well. That without, without, that, without God with us, uh, we, we would never be able to deal with that. Um, I, I think it's, uh, then God did amazing things as only he can do. He turned, you know, the incomprehensible into the unbelievable. Um, we were on TV, we were on the radio, and, you know, we weren't out looking for things, but people, we had opportunity to share about God. We were on CCO for 25 minutes without a commercial being able to talk about Jesus. I mean, how often do you get to do that? I don't know. Maybe other people have had that experience. But, you know, and we weren't out, we're not, you know, again, we're a family of faith that doesn't tell you what to believe, but we just tell you that how important God is in our life. I read, I think it was in People magazine or something like that, Nancy's statement where she said, I'm, tr- I'm turning grief into hope. I know they're in heaven now, and that's helping as we go through it in this journey of tragedy and grief. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there was a switch that went on in this, and we found out that quickly we became the comforters rather than the comforted. People would walk up in this, because of this terrible, terrible accident, people would walk up and say, we just don't know what to say. We don't know what to say. And we would be say, you know, you don't have to say anything. That This is not about tragedy. This is about victory in Christ Jesus. They're not dead. They're alive. They're worshiping and at the feet of Jesus. Um, and it's, I know in, in the midst of darkness, and as you said, everybody is going to face and handle things in their own way. And I think it's really important to say um, there isn't a cookie-cutter response to how you handle tragedy. This family that, you know, that I was with this week, I mean, people are going to handle it in different ways. Um, but it is, it is interesting um, that there is, a, there is a point that sometimes in that darkness, the light of God's word um, kind of says, here's the true reality, which is, in my case, you know, if, if I live another 30 plus years, that's, that's going to be a lot, you know, and that's so short compared to the fact of what you said is, you know, even though you miss them now, you do know that they are going to be with you forever. You know, our prayer, Nancy, and our prayer is that our whole family will be an unbroken circle around the altar in heaven someday. And Catherine and Jameson, Ezra, 
and uh, Violet and Calvin, they, they just, they're, they're there together at this time, and we just look for the opportunity to join them in the future. Um, I think it's interesting. When when you, the last time you were with them, as they were getting prepared to go to Colorado, to do this trip, to go to Japan, to be missionaries there, you as a family gathered together in, in prayer, right? We did. And you will probably do the same when you see them. We did. And, again. you know, there's a, there's, there's a piece in here that a lot of people, uh, and again, this, this is the perspective that I have, and I, I've talked to Kevin about this a little bit, but people say, why? Why, why would God do this? And, you know, right, right from the start, where we were led through the Spirit was that God did not do this and God did not even allow this to happen. So, I, and I'm stretching some things here, but um, in, in my opinion, God gives us control. What happened in our situation, through free will, this truck driver, Tony, had, we had this accident. And it could have happened to a lot of different people. We immediately forgave Tony. That was an amazing thing on the media. People couldn't understand. How could you forgive this guy that, that actually destroyed your family? Well... That's the way God spoke to us through, through this. I, I think that the piece that I want people to understand now, we're, we're 11 months almost since it's, since it's happened and what has happened. And This time a year ago, Catherine and Jameson, Ezra, Violet, and Calvin were living in our home. I remember the morning that Calvin came home. I'm holding him less than 24 hours after he was born on my deck and praising God to say, you know, and... So, you know, the, the hard, if you want, what, what we've learned through this is we, we have a choice. We have a choice as to if we want to blame somebody, if we want to, um, or we have a choice to say that we have a God that's not doing this to us. God is there for us, and he is going to use this, and he's using it all the time in a, in a very powerful way. I, w- I want to share a scripture that I just read this morning from Psalm 145. Sorry to do this to you, but I'm, I'm not very... Uh, um, so, it says, verse 9, Psalm 145, 9, The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. And in verse 14, or 13, at the end of that, it says, The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving towards all he has made. How, how can we ever say that a, a loving, caring God has a peace in what, in what happens here? I, I just don't understand that. So that's, that, that's where it is. But the powerful thing is how God has used this. Missionaries are rising up. We've had many, many faith conversations one-on-one with people. It happens all the time. Of being able to share, this is about victory. This is not about tragedy. And, and here's, here's the amazing piece for me. Catherine and Jameson, we, we learned from them in, in 11 months who they were in a whole different way. They, they, you know, I, I can't talk about Father's Day without talking about Jameson Pals. He was an amazing father. I got to watch him father those children. They would have devotions as young as they were. And he was with them. And he cared about them. I tell a quick story about... So... We, Nancy and I go on the deck and we have our little morning devotions and then pretty soon Calvin's walking out with his little Bible and Violet's walking out with her uh, her little book and we're sitting down and, and I'm, I'm talking and I'm saying, and I was talking about the, the vine and the, and the branches 
and I'm trying to talk to Calvin or uh, to uh, Ezra, and he looks at me, Papa. I'm in Noah. It's kind of like you, know, you, 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 you can talk about the vine and stuff, but I'm I'm in Noah. You're that's, you're that, way ahead of him. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That's that, that that's right. Gordy, what I'd like to do is um, you've brought up a couple of really good things. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on because I want to take a moment and and let them sing. And I I would love for us as a congregation, wherever you're at. I mean, you said a couple really important things. There's a choice. And forgiveness is that choice of letting someone go so that you're not stuck to that past action for the rest of your life with resentment and all the other things. It's the, it's the marquee signature statement of our God and Jesus Christ on the cross who forgives us, lets us go, so we can be in relationship. And so... Um, I want to just take a moment and let people kind of think about that. I'd like for them to take a moment to think about the choice they have um, with how you're going to look at this God who, who really does love you. There is a choice which changes everything in your perspective in your life. And then one other thing is um, you may know of someone who's experiencing this kind of sorrow and tragedy, and it may be that as we do this song, you just want to pray for them. Or you may want to ask God, how do you want me to be involved in that? So I'm going to ask as a team would come um, and, and just you would just take some time just to allow God to speak to your heart. We really want for you to experience um, for a moment, not just some words. We want you to think about what is God saying to you? What does God want you to do? How is he asking you to respond um, from some of the things you just heard?